0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Tech Educator Podcast. This is episode number 60. We are live here on July the 27th. Thank you so much for being with us today. My co-host for tonight is Mr. Jeff Herb. Jeff, how are you tonight?
1: Jeff, Jeff, I'm doing great. Good to be here. How are you doing?
0: I am doing amazing. There's a lot of stuff going on. I also am hearing an echo from somebody tonight. Yeah, I'm hearing an echo, too. Let's see what we can do here about that. All right. So, Jeff, tell us a little bit about what's going on in your neck of the woods. Oh, you know, just living life a day at a time now,
1: trying to see when uh, our next edition will be on the way here. So that's been really exciting. And then uh, in addition to that, we're on the professional side. We've been prepping on uh, the arrival of about five or six hundred more iPads for our one to one program. And we have iPad orientation nights this week. So we're really excited about that. And I'm going to be documenting those orientations and what we're doing to get prepared for that on my website, Instructional Tech Talk.
0: And I'm so glad that you're here today to talk about some of those one-to-one challenges and things, because tonight we have a show completely dedicated to iPads, completely dedicated to Apple products. Tonight, Jeff, we are talking all about iTunes U, iTunes University, a great free platform that allows teachers and educators to create online courses for their students and their communities. I want to bring on two amazing guests with us today, Miss Jenny Graybeck. Jenny, how are you today?
1: Poor Jenny, she's muted. Jenny
0: to unmute yourself there.
1: <laughs> also still muted.
0: Jenny, we gotta get your mute off. Oh. Oh, again, again, there we go. All right, all right, Are you
2: now? do you hear me now?
0: Yes, but you sound like Megatron. <laughs> all right, all right. That's awesome. awesome.
2: <laughs> I still, sound, I like still sound like Megatron. A little bit.
0: Let me mute you while you work on that. Let me bring on our next guest here, Ms. Rebecca Wildman. Re- Rebecca, welcome to the Tech Educator Podcast, otherwise known as Decepticon Alley. How are you today?
3: <laughs> Absolutely great. We're just uh, having a great time here in northern Michigan. The sun is shining. The water is starting to warm up. So we're having a,
0: a good time. And uh, tell us a little bit about where in Michigan are you? I believe that people from Michigan do this hand thing. How, how does that work exactly? <laughs>
3: We sure do. So uh, I'm here in northern Michigan, right here up at the tip, Mm -hmm. about an hour south of the bridge, the Mackinac Bridge, and um, I teach in Boyne City Public Schools at the elementary level. I'm a fourth-grade teacher, and uh, very fortunate to be um, in a district that is one-to-one with iPads. We also have surround sound, Apple TV, all teachers have MacBooks, so fortunate that our community supports us. And uh, we're doing some great things in the classroom and
0: love sharing them. Pretty cool. Let's see if we can get Jenny back in here. Jenny, how are you doing tonight?
2: I'm good. Do I sound better?
0: You sound amazing. Tell us a little bit about the great tech girl, Jenny.
2: All right. I'm, I'm kind of disappointed that I don't sound like Megatron anymore. But... <laughs> <laughs> so I'm from Charlotte, North Carolina, and uh, I work at a private school for students who have diagnosed learning disabilities. It's a through K-12 and our students have uh, average to above average IQs. So they are, um, you know, they come into our school having, uh, having, having had experiences in the public school system where their needs are just not being met. Um, they usually fall behind, but they're very smart. Um, but they are just, there's something there that they're having trouble with, whether it be dyslexia or um, dysgraphia. You know, they have these writing and reading disorders. Then we have some students that have ADHD inattentive where they just um, have trouble focusing and we also have some students with executive functioning disorders, so like the working memory and just being able to um, make those associations while they're learning. So our uh, board voted about two years ago to develop a one-to-one program to help our students and they decided to go with iPads in the lower school or elementary school and MacBook Airs in the middle and high school. So I've been um, kind of tasked with helping teachers utilize those appropriately in the classroom effectively, um, but also showing them the power of these devices.
0: That's a pretty, pretty big step for a school district to go to a one-to-one program. Tonight, we're going to be talking all about how to work within programs like that. We're talking about iTunes University, iTunes U. And uh, for those of you following, there's a great hashtag out there. What is the hashtag, Jenny?
2: So for iTunes U or for Apple? For, for so we iTunes have an U. an iTunes U hashtag, but really if you're wanting to follow what others are using with iTunes U, how they're developing courses and implementing this in the classroom, we always like to use the A-D-E-D-U. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a good one to follow. And then there's the iPad Ed. Those are some real good hashtags to follow if you're wanting to learn more about this topic.
0: Now, Jeff, have you ever uh, looked through some of the courses on iTunes University?
1: Yeah, it's actually a really phenomenal place uh, in order to just be able to find great courses to take that aren't developed by, you know, classroom teachers for the classroom that they're working with. There's a lot of great universities that have awesome content out there, too. So uh, it's pretty cool repository of awesome learning potential.
0: Pretty cool. Um, Jenny, tell us a little bit about it.
2: So with iTunes U, um, I actually looked into it in 2011. Which was near the time that Apple opened it up to K through 12 institutions. It originally had been used for years by the top colleges and universities as a way to kind of promote what these schools were doing. So you had professors basically giving lectures, recording them, or creating books and putting their content out on their public sites, which was kind of a promotional. Uh, tool, but it was a great way for people who did not have the money or the means to attend these colleges to get free information. So it was even now, it's still highly underused in my opinion. There are millions of videos, books, apps, um, so much content on iTunes U that's free that I really think that teachers should be utilizing and not even needing to really create. It's all there for consumption. Um, what we've tried to do in the last couple of years is get our teachers and our students creating the content to put on our own iTunes U public site. So that's been kind of my passion over the last few years is I made one with Charlotte Mecklenburg schools We've made a district site and then at my new school we've made a public site and it's all about student creation. So the students are publishing eBooks, and we're putting them there for parents to view, but also for the kids as they go from one grade level to the next to have almost like a portfolio of their work.
1: That's awesome. So before we get a little bit more into iTunes U, I just want to kind of identify the fact that we not only have two great people that have used iTunes U, but you also are great, uh, great people to have on the show due to the fact that you have kind of, I'm not going to call it inside information, but you've had a great opportunity to take a look at some of the things that have come out with updates to iTunes, you do to, uh, you know, kind of goes back to the hashtag you just mentioned, ADE, which is Apple Distinguished Educators. Both Rebecca and Jenny are Apple Distinguished Educators. Would you mind just talking about a little uh, about that just a little bit so that people have an understanding of what that is?
2: Sure. Um, So basically, there are 2,000 active ADEs throughout the world. And they are people that have to apply for this process, I believe, every two years. Um, You know, there's a different process for North America than there is for, you know, Europe and Asia. But basically, there's different groups of, of people throughout the world that will apply. And you have to do a video and you have to do a written application with essay questions and answers. And it's, very competitive um, from what we've heard. We don't know a lot about the whole process that, you know, that's not something that we were told, but what you hear is a lot of people apply over and over again and really have a hard time getting in because they pick such a small number of people to be in the class every year. Mm -hmm. And what I love about it the most is we get to come together once a year, which doesn't seem like a lot, but when we get together, it is just so powerful. I mean, the relationships are what I love the most about it because these people are just, they're like my family and it's, (laughs) it's silly to say that and I kind of, people laugh at me, but it really is, um, these people that you just form these bonds with and you don't feel alone anymore. Um, you know, I group text other ADEs all day with things that I'm feeling frustrated with. Um, problems that I'm having, like maybe there's an app that I just don't understand the point of it, and they're talking about how great it is. How can I use this with my third graders, you know? It's just this, this connection to people that are brilliant, and I was really surprised that I even got in, because when I met these people, I'm like, what am I doing here? But we all kind of felt that way, because we all have so many different things to offer, and um, our whole one common goal that we have is for the education of our, our children, and that's what I love most about it, is it's it's still all about the kids.
1: Great. And it's so cool. I just want to put in a quick blurb here real quick because I think it's so important to know that while you say that you interact with all these ADEs so frequently, I think one of the best kind of little kept secrets is how much it seems like all the ADEs are so interested in giving back to the community and talking with educators and you know following that hashtag or just finding others who are AD's and you know be willing to go out and ask them questions because all the ones that I've come across have been just above and beyond willing to help out and answer questions about you know iTunes U or the Apple products that are being used in classrooms.
2: Yeah everybody's really passionate about what they're doing. Um, I know when I met Rebecca I was just so in awe of her because I love iTunes U and I use it in such a different way. But she's using it with her fourth graders in ways that I never would have thought, you know, with books and with the content that she's making. So we kind of developed a strong connection early on with with iTunes U. It kind of brought us together. But um, we do like to share. Um, I think that is one great thing about ADEs is that we're constantly sharing what we learn with others.
1: That's awesome. And I think that's a really great segue into the rest of our conversation for today, really diving into iTunes U and understanding how it works and how to kind of go from the beginning when you're a little bit nervous about starting out because you know that it's a very comprehensive system that affords you a lot of opportunities, but kind of just being able to get started, apply and create a public site in the K-12 realm, and then, you know, figure out, we're going to hear from Rebecca in a little bit too, to see how she's actually using it in her classroom, and she's going to take us through some screen shares with that. So I think, Jenny, you were going to talk about how to apply and get started with
3: it.
2: Yeah, so if you go onto um, Google or if you just go to any browser and you type in iTunes U Public Site Manager Enrollment, that will allow you to get to the application to create a public site. So let me kind of explain what this is. There's also um, the the actual URL for it is eduappapp.apple.com. So if you just want to go to that link, eduapp.apple.com. That is for the Public Site Manager Enrollment. And what that is, is when you are ready, when you talk to your administrator, either your principal or a district level person about your desire for an iTunes U channel, then you go through this process. So you actually have to get people on board that are going to make the final decision because Apple will not let you just create a public site without some sort of um, authority saying, okay, we agree to the terms of service and Mm. we'll, we'll allow you to work on this for us. So what I had to do originally is I went to my director and I said, I think we need an iTunes U public site for these reasons. I, I love the unlimited data and content that we can store in the public site. Mm-hmm. I love that um, if our teachers affiliate with our public site, they can have over a thousand students or up to a thousand students. So if they wanted to make this you know, for more than their school, they could go above and beyond and share this with other teachers and have the teachers enroll as students. All of that, so I think when you create a private course just with your Apple ID, you only get up to 50 students, and there's a cap on the amount of storage that you can put up in the cloud. So we, I basically came up with a proposal and said, this is why I want it, this is what it's going to be about, and I did the same thing with my new school. I said, this is where our students are going to share their work, and it's a promotional tool because we're a private school, so it's like, this is what we're doing at our school, this right. is why you should come here. Um, and so it, it wasn't a problem to get it approved by my head of school or, or the director when I was in the public school system, but you do have to have that conversation before you even go to this website because yeah, as you thanks. walk through it, it'll ask you, that, who's that person, and give me the email address
1: to right. so
2: get a confirmation.
1: So, Rebecca, you had a program that was kind of going one-to-one. You have a ton of Apple products. Was this something that was already set up for you as you d- you decided as a school district to go one-to-one with iPads, or is this something that you had to advocate for as Jenny kind of had to?
3: Yeah, definitely had to advocate for. I don't know if really advocate's the right word, but just share it with them because it was okay. so new.
0: Mm-hmm. I
3: saw the keynote when they announced iTunes U coming into the K-12 realm, and (laughs) this is kind of funny, um, so I didn't know much about it, so I downloaded iTunes U app and um, took a course that interests me, something I wanted to learn about, and it turned out to be a course from CMS from Jenny. And so the first time I ever (laughs) saw Jenny was a video she was in, in an iTunes U course. So it's (laughs) kind of, yeah, it's really crazy that our um, paths have crossed like this and we've become such great friends.
1: Right.
3: Yeah. So. And that's the first thing I would tell someone is, if you're interested in iTunes, you take a course yourself. You know, just that's how you're really going to learn it, and then try to think about how you can envision using it with your kids. That's just really, just dig right into it. You, you know, it's very interactive, so it's just a wonderful underused tool, I think, and it can be on your iPod, iPhone, or um, uh, iPad, so it's, it's just a, a great iOS Awesome,
1: Uh, thanks. Yeah. That's great. So just to kind of jump back, Jenny, you kind of left us off at that main page where you you needed to have an administrator or someone in your institution that would be allowed to make that decision. Uh, So once you get that okay, what's next?
2: Okay, so I'm going to share my screen so that you can see this One Best Thing book that I have created. So if you go into um, the iTunes or the iBook store, let me know if you can see that. You can. Um, You can see that. Okay. So that is a book that is in the iBook store. So if you have an iPhone or an iPad, you can go – actually, iPad only for this because it was made an iBooks author. But it's student-authored books on iTunes U, sharing learning globally. And what I did in this book is I actually took screenshots of the whole process in creating your iTunes U public site. So if you go to page 9 in my book and you just tap on this iTunes U public site manager enrollment process, it literally will walk you through every screen in how you do this. You can see the signing authority contact information. This would be like your principal or your um, director if you're a district level person. And then I had to put in the supervisor's name, the project manager. And that was me um, for the, as the project manager because I was going to be the one working on it.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and then you put in your institution information here. And you just kind of go through this process and then you review your information and what will happen is you'll get a confirmation email, and then your administrator will get a confirmation email as well, and they'll have to click on a link to approve the terms of service. Hmm. Um, And so it took me about two days. Both times that when I did this, it was a two-day process, and finally, once I had the the approval, I just went in and clicked on a link, and I was able to start uploading collections and courses. I was able to create um, the background page, like a header image, for my school. So if you go into iTunes U, you can see that we have like a backsplash of our school and all of right. that. So that um, was really an easy process, but I did, I think the hardest part was saying why I needed a public site for my school or my district because it was something that somebody has to be really in charge of, in charge of meaning someone has to maintain that site. You can't right. just start it, put up a book and say, ah, eh, it looks good and never <laughs> go back to it, right? Someone right. has to really make it part of their job to keep it updated and take things down when they get old. And that is kind of something I wanted to do, but eventually, you know, there needs to be someone who always has that as part of their job description.
1: Cool, okay, so the application process sounds like there's a couple of hoops to jump through, but it's really not bad. It sounds like you just have to fill out the basic information and have an administrator that understands that technology is the way of the future and is willing to sign off on it. But okay, so I think the most daunting part for people as they're thinking about developing an iTunes U course would actually be developing the iTunes U course and making all the content to be able to put in it and understanding how to actually upload content and um, what does that process look like and what kind of resources are available to be able to show people what um, what that process entails.
2: So um, Corey Tressler is from the Ohio State University. He Mm -hmm. is Tressler Tech on Twitter. He has a ton of videos on his public site showing how to use iTunes U, showing how to use iTunes U Course Manager. So I I really recommend for anyone who's starting out new to go to his public site and watch those videos. He will walk you step-by-step through how to do it on your computer, and he's working on the ones now that show the new iTunes U 2.0. Um, I can show you what my screen looks like, and this is kind of new for for iTunes U. We're calling this iTunes U 2.0. And basically what it means is now I can go right to my iTunes U app, and I can come up here to the plus sign, and I can create a course. Very Whereas cool. a couple of months ago, you could not do this. Like when you tap on create a course, you can literally put in all of the information, and you can upload all of your materials directly from your iPad.
1: That's so awesome.
2: Before it was just laptop, right? Um, right. PC, Macbook, and it was really frustrating for those one-to-one iPad schools or even just those schools where teachers only had iPads, now Mm -hmm. you can go in and you can do this right from your iPad. So here's a course that I made. I had two courses here that I'm logged in under this account for, and basically it shows um, all of the posts. This is our teacher PD course that goes for the, the whole year, and so I want my teachers who are coming in for the first time to know how to use their iPad. So I have basics, I have proficiency checklist, and they can go in, and as they're learning about their iPad, they can kind of check these off. It's not oh, letting me do cool. it I think, right now because I'm on Reflector, but normally you can just check these. So as you're going through, yeah, it doesn't let me check the boxes. Weird. But normally you can do that when you're not on, on Reflector. And, you know, talking about how you can use the iPad in the classroom, uh, a lot of our teachers just don't need to come um, – to face-to-face PD all throughout the year they mm-hmm. can do it on their own and so I developed this course so that they could take their courses online basically and they could get credit for it instead of having to come to workshops that are required throughout the year. They can use iTunes U.
1: I would imagine they love that.
3: <laughs> it's, a, it's a great perk.
1: Yeah that's really cool.
3: I should just add um, we just had our, our first Boeing tech conference uh, in June and instead of having um, oh, what do you call it? you know, everyone has every information of the presenters and everything. Um, I created an iTunes U course, so it has all the pre- presenters' information, if they wanted to upload their keynotes, they um, can directly get to them on Twitter or Google Plus. That's a great way, too, for um, at conferences. Yeah. So absolutely. When, yeah, so they all just, um, all the people that participated was able to download that course, and. They take notes right in that course, so everything was centrally located for them uh, at at the conference. So it was pretty cool.
1: Yeah, I think that's really great, especially for conference goers. Like you said, it's so awesome to be able to know that you're going to have a copy of everything that was talked about. You can go back to it at your own pace and work through it, especially through something like iTunes U. Uh, Mm -hmm. But it takes the pressure off of feeling like you have to frantically write down every crazy link that's being thrown at you and all the information that's being shared up on whatever slides up up in front and it allows you to kind of just interact more with the material so I think that's really powerful opportunity for use there absolutely so uh, Rebecca could you take us through a little bit about how you're using iTunes U with students in your classroom and kind of what a course setup looks like uh, in one of those types of environments
3: yeah for sure this um, let me uh share my iPad screen with you. This would probably be the easiest.
1: As you're setting it up, uh, there's a question coming in. How long does it generally take you guys to set up a course for your staff? I know it varies depending on, you know, if you have to create the content or if you have it already created and you can just go in and organize it, but say that um, somebody came in and they wanted to do a a whole new PD session for a certain new app that came out. How long would that take you to go from having no content, creating content, getting it on iTunes U and having that all good to go?
2: Um, For me, it's it's not even about iTunes U. It's about figuring out what it needs to look like. The shell or the skeleton of the course first. That is always the hardest part is the outline and then figuring out how to build in that outline. So I would say once I know all of that information, what I want to share in the course, It's a matter of like a day, a day or two, and it's good to go. Um, So I would say building it and and creating the content, so if I needed to create videos or anything like that, that part takes a little bit longer, but Mm. taking all of the things that I have created and putting them into something that is easy to use really is a one-day thing. You know, I work on it for a couple hours during the day and it's ready to go.
1: That's pretty awesome.
2: It's very intuitive.
1: That's good, yeah, because you've been doing these for a while, so you you would say the same thing you've been for someone that's just starting out?
2: I would. Um, I've seen people start off using iTunes U for the first time. I've seen a lot of people just look at it really for the first time, and and their statement is always, this is so easy. You know, all I just do is upload. I I paste a link, and it's there. And you basically, now with the new iTunes U update, um, I'm going to show this kind of later on, but you can auto-enroll students. You don't even have to approve students anymore when they get into your course, and that was kind of a pain before, is that you had to keep going into the course manager and approving your students as they entered. Now you don't have to.
1: That's awesome, that's really good.
3: (laughs) That's a nice benefit.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So Rebecca, why don't you take it away?
3: Okay, let's see. Uh, Get you going here. Let me know, can you see that? Sure can. All right. So here's my iPad. Um, I should start off by saying that I am a language arts teacher in the fourth grade, and I only have to focus on language arts. So that's really nice. I'm not spread thin with science, social studies, math, and language arts. Um, I have my homeroom kid in the kids in the morning, and then they switch. I like team teach with a fellow teacher, Jen Spate, and she will teach the math, science, and social studies, and then I'll get her kids in the afternoon. So it works works out wonderful. Uh, When we switched over to the Common Core State Standards it was nice because we're learning new things there and I could just really focus on that. Awesome. Yeah, so I'm gonna just probably show my poetry course. Open this up.
1: So you're running this off of an iPad just so people are aware, right?
3: (laughs) Yeah, I am. Um, I'm using the Reflector app, so When I do screencasting with Camtasia and I make videos for my kids, I'll use Reflector, so I'll introduce the course. And their homework for the evening is to show the two-minute video to their parents so their parents know what they're going to be doing um, for the next three weeks. And I walk them and their parents through the course. And uh, a a good um, little tidbit here is, when the kids are done, I make them, the moms kill me over this, but uh, they sit next to their mom or, or dad or whoever they're with, they're sharing with at their home and they have to take um, a selfie and they come in and they show, they show me them sitting on the couch. It's, it's a, a great way to have that school home connection and building Absolutely. on that.
1: That's really cool. That's a great idea.
3: So um, I just wanted to share with you on the iPad screen here, over to the left-hand side, you'll see Overview. Um, This is where I just give a little paragraph of what the course is about. And then I put the Common Core State Standards in there that I want to focus on as I'm teaching with this. And I put those in there for two reasons. One is I can't remember all those, and it helps me what to (laughs) focus on when I'm teaching with the kids. But also, um, in hopes for other educators that are downloading these courses. I hope that maybe this could help them a little bit, too, if they're using the Common Core State Standards. And um, it's just a, just a way to help other people out, too. And I think it's very important, I'll get on my soapbox for just a sec. I think as educators, we really need to come together and share our resources. And I feel really proud that with iTunes U, I'm able to share what I create and do in my classroom with other educators. And even if they haven't created their own courses, you know maybe they'll get inspired to create theirs, and then I'll borrow from them. So it's a great way, way to share. I put a little thing in here, the instructor, who you are. Email instructor that's on there if anyone has any questions on how I use it in the classroom. This is the outline. This isn't really just kind of like a syllabus kind of tells you what posts I have. I see, You see the introduction to course and then I have an introductory video. And um, Down at the bottom, so you can see where it's blue, I was in the info section. Okay. So then now I'm gonna scoot on over and just show you just a little bit of these tabs. This is a post. This is like the meat of your iTunes U course. So this is where I type up what I want to share with the kids and attach the resources to it. Hmm.
1: So in that previous screen that when you were under info, under the outline section, is that are those all just clickable that will take you to the section that talks about it?
3: You actually can. This is uh-huh. not really interactive right here. Uh-huh. Um, it, it just kind of shows the different sections.
1: OK, so it's just more yeah. of an understanding of what's going to be covered in the course more so? Exactly, okay. yeah.
3: And then the posts, and this is one of my favorite parts of um, iTunes U is the notes. So you can have all notes where you can see all of the notes that you've taken in your course. The cool thing is with iTunes U is you can take notes on a on a video, in your book, oh. and um, also just a random note and they sync in one central location. So this is huge for students with trying to figure out and organize what they're learning, which is pretty cool. So you can take a course note. I just uh, was uh, at Q Rockstar Saga Talk with Andy Losek. So I was using this course to share with other educators. So I just took a random note there. <laughs> the audio notes here is when you can watch a podcast or listen, or listen to it. It could be a video um, podcast and other videos that you've uploaded into your course and you can take a note and it bookmarks it exactly in there so that's very cool.
1: That is really cool so you were showing the notes section and it had you know line by line all the notes that you took I just want to make it clear for people this is actually annotating it wherever you had originally taken the note and it's just compiling them in that section correct?
3: That's correct yeah.
1: So, so if you were to click on one of those notes it'll take you back to that original resource and show you where that note was taken.
3: Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. That's, so That's really cool. Yeah, this is the note. And so this is like an audio. I don't know if that's going to really come through there, but this was um with Robert Frost reading aloud, so I had the kids listening to that. And can you see up at the top that red like flag there that bookmark? Yeah. Mhm. Yeah, that's where I took a note there, and it ta- it took you exactly to where I took that note there. So That's really cool. Very cool. So if a kid's like saying, why in the world did I take that note there? They can touch on it and go right back to it.
1: Well, not only that, but I mean, think about all the notes that kids scribble down on random pieces of paper and expect that they're actually going to have them the next time they come to class. That's mm-hmm. a pipe dream so I think it's really cool that it's compiling all of these notes from all these different resources and making it so accessible to kids to make sure that they are staying organized and they're going to be able to know what the heck they wrote you know when they come back to it later
3: yeah absolutely now this is um, this is usually where I swear I'm like this is so cool uh, (laughs) um, so in your iBooks when I upload material for my courses um, I choose literature that's been published. Um, We use a lot of great Newbery award-winning books, you know, current, relevant literature for students, and when they're reading, and in my guided reading class, and they're all around me, we're all tight together, when they take a note, that note sinks over into this course. Oh, no way. Yeah, and then, of course, just like with the video, if they can't remember or they need to reread that page. They can touch on that note, and it'll send them over to iBooks to where they took that note in the book.
1: That's awesome.
3: Very cool. Hmm. So the materials is just all the things that the kids need to have on their iPad. So um, we upload images. We have um, we have audio. You can see that's from Harvard University. You know that wasn't my recording, but the cool thing about iTunes U is when you create content and put it and upload it into your course, um, you can borrow from other people. So um, I saw this on um, in iTunes, and I copied the link and put it in my course. So, um, you know, my kids are listening to a Robert Frost reading from Harvard University, fourth graders in northern Michigan.
1: That's pretty amazing. And, you know, I'm going to go back to what Jenny was really originally talking about, how it used to be these higher ed uh, offerings when it originally came out and I remember my first interaction with iTunes was taking a Stanford course on how to code for iOS devices and I was like this is ridiculous I'm sitting on my couch in the middle of Illinois and I'm learning how to code from Stanford and I mean you come out of it and you really know what you're doing and that's so cool so it's amazing that you're able to introduce fourth graders to that same kind of mentality where you know you have so much learning potential it right in front of you and so accessible to you and it's great that you're putting it out there for them.
3: Absolutely. And you can see here I have some videos here. These are all other to- uh, resources I've got from iTunes. I have uh, my intro video that I create down there. Um, here's the book, the iBook that I have uploaded that the kids read over the three week long period doing this unit in class. You can upload documents, keynotes, Wow. The apps, yeah, the apps that I use, so um, you know, some of these are free. I always um look for a Prezi when I'm creating a course because other educators have created Prezis out there and they're willing to share them, so I upload those. You wouldn't believe how many Prezis are out there about um, many different topics. We have an interactive mushroom homework. The Morale Mushroom is very big in our area and there's Prezi out there on Morale Mushroom. So.
1: That's Very cool. cool. And so if the app is not installed on that user's device, is it are you able to just click on it and it takes you to the place where you can download it?
3: That's correct. Yep. That's really cool. Yep. So like if you were to download this course on your iPad, you can see like Book Creator there. If you didn't have Book Creator downloaded, it would give the price and for you to go right to the App Store and to purchase it.
1: That's really nice. It's really convenient. I know that a lot of times I I taught a couple of one-to-one classes before all of this really became popular and big and something that teachers were starting to do in their classroom, and I know that that was always one of the biggest challenges, is figuring out, all right, is this the right app? Did I choose the right one, Mr. Herb? And I'm like, no, you chose the random one that's kind of like that, and this is probably something horribly inappropriate that you probably shouldn't have on this iPad. So, You know, that's great that you're able to you know delineate exactly which apps are ne- necessary and they can go right to one spot and know they're getting the right thing. So that's cool. That's
3: right. And then there's images. You can upload images. A lot of this is um, former student work that I share with um, each time I teach with this uh, course because we create. I always like the kids to share what they have and, and inspire each other when they're creating from this course. Cool yeah and then web links so I put YouTube videos in here um, you know just random websites. so it's a great way to get content to the students and when I say you know go to poetry for kids boom they touch right on it and they go
1: yeah that's amazing so you know you were talking about if it was a paid app it shows you the price and gives you the uh, direct link to download it how are you managing Paid materials and how do paid materials interact with iTunes? You, um, you know, especially in a fourth grade class when students are using this, do you typically try and find only free tools to be able to use?
3: Um, you know, there are great free tools, but um, sometimes you kind of get what you pay for. Sure. Yeah, and um, you know, this is—I just finished my fourth year teaching with iPads. So the great thing is, is when you purchase an app, you've got that code and it's, the school owns it. Yep. Book, Book Creator, we bought early on and uh, we bought it, we, we, as soon as we started teaching with Book Creator, it was easy to see that this is an app that you can create books with in any subject, any topic. And, you know, your, your choices are, you know, whatever you want to do and you can envision and create with these um, Book Creator apps. So when you buy it once, we have it, and we had the apps already downloaded. All the resources were downloaded on the kids' iPad, so when they download the course, they didn't have to go and download those apps.
1: Right, that's awesome. Are you using Configurator for that, or do you have another MDM solution you're using?
3: Yep, Apple Configurator.
1: Awesome. Yep. Yeah, I I know that a lot of places are starting to use that more and more, especially now that iOS 7 has become a lot more user-friendly with Configurator you can take a lot better control over iPads and uh, the preparation so that's really cool that you're able to use at that wide scale
3: yep so I always have an introductory video to my courses if you uh, read some iBooks out there or textbooks from publishers that are in iBooks they always have like a catchy video in the beginning to get you get you going and, and this is the way that I introduce this video with my students in class to get them excited get them pumped up I don't know if you can see that that's working no that didn't but um, <laughs> hey it was worth a shot right
1: hey it was it was a really good try
3: but you can see there um, right there that um, my girlfriend Carrie Stonic that I team teach with we're using the reflector app and I walk the kids through the course and that's what they share with their parents and
1: that's a great thing to do there Yeah, that's really a neat idea.
3: So you can see on the left-hand side um this is like the topics that I have here for this course and that goes right with what in that outline that we I pointed out earlier. And um if I go here to Inside Out and Back again, um, this is the Newberry Award-winning book that has to do with a, a young girl that uh, immigrates over from Vietnam. And, you know, it's just an amazing book, and it's written all in poetry form. And what yeah. I, I would, I'd like to say about um, only teaching language arts, the literature that I choose to read with my students is literature that... My friend Jen Spate has to, content that she has to cover in the classroom. So she had to cover immigration. So I made sure it was a book that, you know, was around that subject. And solar system, when I teach nonfiction conventions, I use solar system text with that. So that's a, a great thing to do when you're building your course to think about cross curriculum that way.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
3: So, um, I give an overview. I type this out. Um, this is, I kind of just copied and pasted the, the jacket of the book, right? Mm-hmm. Um, at the top for Inside Out and Back Again. And in and, and iTunes U, you can do chapter linking. No longer do you have to say, please turn to page 230. They just touch right on it and it um, takes them right to the chapter in the book, which is nice. And I always have a question there, like uh, this question. Um, Right here, you know, this helps me, too. I was like, I want to remember what I think is important to point out to the kids, but so they can see that and I can see that, too.
1: And another reason why that's so awesome is because I taught English as well, and I know that, you know, you keep books for about 40 years it seems in high schools anymore because you just don't have the budget to replace them. And so as you start replacing the ones that are fallen apart completely, you realize that they're out of print. And so now you have different versions of the book and you say, all right, go to page 212. And there's like three different pages that all the kids are on because their 212 is different than anyone yeah. else. So <laughs> to be able to do something like this would be just a really awesome time saver for the teacher and less frustration for the kids too. So that's that's a small feature that makes such a big difference in the classroom too.
3: Exactly. So this is a three-week-long three um, poetry course. Can you hear that feedback hear there? That feedback there? Yeah.
2: yeah.
3: Let's see how we're we doing, we doing up. Maybe oh. not. Maybe not. Can't blame it on me this time. Okay. okay. <laughs> I think it is using <laughs> Okay.
2: Try
1: moving your mic real quick and Bye. see what happens. Okay, now i talking.
3: Are we you. good? Oh, okay. So a uh, three-week-long poetry course, and we're doing uh, reading poetry and guided reading, uh, working with words, writing time. We're um, learning about great poets. Shel Silverstein, hello. We all love Shel Silverstein. Absolutely. So uh, we're reading literature from him and then watching YouTube videos. Now, like that YouTube video, I should touch back on that. This is like um the 73 movie that he he reads out loud. Now, I the kids don't view that video in class. We'll read the giving tree. I have paper versions of the giving tree in class too. And um I'll say this evening I want you to go home and watch that video. So it's something that they do this is I have so many resources in this course that there's no way that I could cover in 3 weeks. However, The students that need to review something because they just didn't get it the first time, they have it right there at their fingertips. And for my high flyers, they can move on and check out other stuff.
1: That's really cool. So are your kids taking these iPads home with them? They they, They get the device, they keep it with them the whole year, it's their device essentially for that school year?
3: That's correct, yeah. They don't take it home the first month because we spend a long time on how to take care of your iPad, digital citizenship, internet safety, all of that for the first month, and then starting in October they take them home.
1: That's really neat. And so would you say that you've been able to, I know the term itself, flip your classroom, so to speak, in some respect because all of the information that students need are at their fingertips both in the classroom and at home?
3: Yes, absolutely. So, like right here, um, I have all these like videos here, and um, these are from iTunes. And it's this lady that's reading poetry to them. Now, I'll tell them tonight. I'd like you to go and um, watch all kinds of families' poems. And while you're watching that, take a couple notes. What you're thinking as you're listening to her, and be ready to share that in class tomorrow.
1: That's really neat. That's a great idea. Yeah, very
3: cool. So um the kids are are reading poetry they're listening to poetry they're with interactive apps um so in you know, let me show you this app here, so they're doing word mover with um right there, mm-hmm. kind of like um refrigerator poetry that's uh oh, cool. Magnet poetry yeah. yeah, so they're doing many different things they're just getting this information in so many different ways, and then I need to figure out how. To check their understanding right so what the kids do is that the um, as we're doing all this they're creating their own poetry book and book creator
1: oh that's amazing
3: yeah so they're writing their own poetry creating their own poetry and when they get done they share that book with each other they share that book with me and their parents and they upload it um, into the Google drive folder with me and I grab that book and I'm able to view it on my iPad and it's just a thing of beauty the whole <laughs> process on iTunes U, it just it really works well and um, I would love awesome. to get more educators on there so we can uh, support each other
1: yeah for sure it looks like a really easy platform to use there is a question that came in from the chat regarding uh, quizzing and you know where do the students go to answer the quiz questions if you have built them into your course and then how does that information get processed and where can you go to access it?
3: Well I don't really have like a quiz for this course. Mm -hmm. Um, For them to share their knowledge with me is um, I have them create a book but since they're watching some of this stuff at home and getting some of the information independently, they're not getting all the information just for me. Now this is great to guide our students you know nine years old, 10 years old, they need to be independent learners. And I think it's really important as, for us as educators to foster that type of environment in the classroom. This mm-hmm. way, these young students are at the just starting that process. Now, they have to get this information and touch on it and go there instead of, it's just a, a way to get the independence. And by doing that, I assess them more face-to-face with conversations. I can learn so much more with my students when I can take three minutes and sit with a student and converse with them about their reading and what they're creating and learning. Uh, It just, it's just, that's what I find very powerful.
1: That's really cool. Well, it looks like a really easy way to use technology in the classroom. so much for going over what you're doing in the classroom. It looks like really fun stuff.
3: Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry.
1: I couldn't hear you there. I couldn't hear you there. Well, ultimately, we're just saying thank ultimately, you for it showing
0: something everything you're, you're
3: doing. Oh so yeah, absolutely, oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. Where do you think? do you
0: think? We're still having an echo I'm problem. Still having an echo. <laughs> Testing. Jenny. Testing. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I I I think we're having an echo so problem. So you're
2: not. Are you able to hear me?
0: Yes, but that's, there's, yes, an but that's there's an echo problem.
2: Okay, let me leave and come right
0: back. Okay, Jenny. Jeff, it certainly seems like there's a lot of great stuff happening if you are a subscriber of iTunes University. As you said, you don't even have to, you know, you're not you don't have to be a content creator to be able to utilize this to be sitting there in your living room learning how to use code. Is, is amazing from some of these great places. I know I subscribe to some of the music sites and some of the music courses, and they're absolutely fantastic out there Yep. and, and free.
1: That's yeah, yeah, a pretty phenomenal resource. And you know, now that the audio is a little bit better, I just want to thank you again, Rebecca, real quick, just for going through what you're doing in the classroom. I think it's such a cool thing that you're doing this with fourth graders. I mean, you have to really remember that these are fourth graders that you're doing all this with. Uh, this is something that, you know, typically seeing in LMS, something like this at more high school and college level classes. So great that we're able to introduce this kind of stuff to them that young.
3: Well, thank you. I'm very passionate about yeah. it and uh, hopefully can yeah. help other educators get started with it.
0: We do have yeah, a lot of questions great. here in the chat room. Guys, Jenny, first, where can we get a hold of you with more information?
2: Um, so I am on Twitter, TechGirlJenny. And there were a few things I just wanted to say very quickly. I know we're running out of time, but one of the things you were mentioning was Apple Configurator. Mm-hmm. And that is no longer. We, we're no longer using Apple Configurator. It's now the Apple Device Enrollment Program. Um, if you're using that with an MDM service, I think some schools might still continue to use Configurator, but with um, MDM like Meraki, if you've heard of that before, yeah. um, and the mm-hmm. new device it. enrollment yeah. program, you can wirelessly set up and supervise all of your iPads. You can push all of the apps to them, you never have to touch them in your hands, which is huge for schools, um, especially those schools that are doing you know thousands and thousands of iPads. So I just spent this past week enrolling um, our devices, our student devices, and basically mm-hmm. what you can do now with the new program is supervise them so I can t- shut off iMessage, I can shut off FaceTime, if I need to, whereas if I wanted to go and shut off iMessage manually and restrictions, I could not do that. I would have had to supervise and configurator, and now I can do this through the DEP. So I just wanted to mention that really quick, and if you have any questions about DEP, please feel free because I went through a crash course at work this week.
0: Nice. And uh, Rebecca, where can we get a hold of you?
3: Uh, You can get a hold of me on Twitter at at RebeccaWildman and i love connecting with educators and um, any questions feel free to uh, get a hold of me and let's get connected nice
0: guys thank you so much for coming on i apologize that the pipes are not coming out as good as they should if you have i guess jeff just dropped for a second there but um you know, we would certainly love to have you guys come back, especially when it comes time to being closer for those ADE applications, especially maybe in September or October when they have the next Apple keynote. Would love to get you guys on to talk about all that stuff. There just seems to be an awful lot of stuff. I guess if there was one piece of information to say is just check out iTunes University. It is a free app, right? And then everything on there that you can download is free. All those courses are absolutely free to take. Check it out and uh, check it out with your kids today. Um, Thank you guys so much. We're going to wrap up just a little. I want to make sure that we have some time to to check the audio and stuff. And for those of you that are out there watching on Teacher Cast TV, stay tuned because we have episode 3 of a great new show that we're doing called 30 Second Take with our friend Brad Gustafson. It is an amazing new podcast coming up on the Teacher Cast show and then at 8:15 we have Principal Cast with an amazing guest. So we are going to actually end a little early so we can check out the audio and the video here. Ladies, thank you so much for your time tonight.
3: Thank you. Thanks for having us.
0: And that wraps up the 60th episode of the Tech Educator Podcast. I want to thank again our our co-host, Jeff Herb, for coming on. And on behalf of Sam Patterson and Chris Nessie and Jeff Herb and the entire TeacherCast.net nation, thank you all so, so much. We will be back next week with episode 61.